Hello, Bitchopedia listeners. Welcome back to the podcast. I am Dahlia, your host, and I want to talk a little bit about what's been going on this week, the lessons and the themes of the week for me, because you know I like coming back to you to basically process what I've been going through for the last week or so. So first of all, let's just get this out of the way. There is a new season of Human Resources on Netflix, and if you haven't watched it, I urge you to go and watch it because nothing, no other show has had the impact that this show has had on me because it has essentially explained to me how my brain works. And the last episode, I think I'm on, um, not the last episode, but the last episode that I watched was about neurodivergence. And I paused it because I was like, wait, I need like full attention on this episode. So, um, that show I 10 out of 10 recommend to everyone. And it goes along with what I've been talking about. If you've listened to the past few episodes where I talk about IFS therapy, internal family systems, and the book that I've been reading, No Bad Parts, talks about integration and basically unblending of these different parts of ourselves. If you think of it as like, I want to say a tangled necklace, but think of it more like a braid, like a braided bunch of strings, you know, like a ton of yarn all braided together, but it's kind of chaotic. And we're kind of just separating the strands one at a time. And rather than me panicking that there's so much work to be done, so much of this braid to untangle, this past week, I've kind of just allowed myself to be like, you know what, there's enough work left for the rest of my life, I need to just kind of slow down. It's almost like, I don't know if you've ever had those jobs where like busy work is encouraged. It's the worst kind of job, but I've had them before. And let's say your coworker comes over and tries to help you with a task and you're like, no, no, I, I need this to get through the day. Like I, I have it all spaced out where this is going to kind of take up my day. Like I don't need any help. I don't want to rush it. (laughs) There's plenty of time and I need to just get through it. Like if I finish all this stuff too quickly, then I'm going to be bored. Like what am I going to do? So thinking of life that way as like I've got all these lessons, these huge big lessons. And by the way, that's kind of a bad example with work because in life, when you finish untangling all those knots, there's just going to be something else. Like it never stops. It's like the work day that never ends, you know? And I think a lot of the trauma that I've been working through, not that I regret anything, obviously, because it all happened for a reason. But if I was to give advice, maybe to a earlier version of myself, not even my younger self, but like the last two years version of myself, I would say just ease up a little bit. The The word of the day the other day for me was pace. That word has really been on my head. Like, sustainability, thinking marathon, not a sprint. I need to pace myself because like there, like, what am I rushing for? You know? And I can't remember which song it is now, but one of the lyrics that stood out to me the other day was about like, I don't even know what I'm chasing anymore. And that's how I feel. It's like I was in this rush and I felt like I needed to hurry up and get it done. And I was like, but what, like, what's the point of that? You know, so I've been easing into a routine. And even with that, I've been kind of trying to work back to about this time last year. This was when I was at what I would say is like my peak state. You know, everything was going really well. I had been building slowly, but it had all kind of accumulated right around 
um, July, August, which is when I was smacked with a big T trauma (laughs) that I am going to talk about. I know um, if you've listened to me for a while last year, around this time, something happened with an ex. And I basically put that in a box, shoved it to the back of my closet and was like, I'll deal with you later. But it did kind of have an effect on me. And I was able to just kind of ignore it because, you know, stages of grief, whatever. I was like, I'm, I'm just going to pretend that didn't happen. And I was still kind of in shock. Um, and I don't want to go, I'm not trying to tease it. I just am not ready to talk about it. I've got like a specific person that I want to have this conversation with that I want to record that podcast with. I want to like mentally prepare myself to be in that space. But the point of me bringing it up is that I had been making a lot of progress and was doing really well. And then that kind of derailed me. And that's okay. Like I guilted myself about that for a while. And then again, started building it up. And then my injury with the last, what was it, like two or three months ago, um, when I hurt my knee, that was another thing that kind of stopped me. So rather than feeling like a failure, which is what happens, right? That's like my, my old pattern was... I would see these versions of me, you know, Snapchat memories. Snapchat memories are a motherfucker, okay? They come up sometimes at the worst moments with no warning. And also, I compare myself to this past version of myself. And sometimes it's good because sometimes I'm like, oh my God, look how far I have come. But then there are other times when I look at it and I'm like, no, that was me. I was like, that was me at my height of my whatever, my my looks. Like, I looked better than I ever did and whatever the case may have been. But... I started rather than comparing myself because that's so toxic. And by the way, it's me. Like I'm literally competing with myself and this past version of myself. I'm like bitter towards her. Um, So rather than doing that, I had compassion for the me now and the me then. And I said, wow, like she was doing a really great job. What were some of the habits that she was embodying? Like what was I, I say she, because I'm looking at the past me. What are some of the things that she embodied? What were her eating habits like? And this is what I talk about in my course is you find that, for lack of a better word, that character that you're trying to become, you study their habits and then you start to integrate them. And then after an unspecified amount of time, you turn around and look and you're doing the habits that they do with like subconsciously. You're not even doing it on purpose. It's just so integrated into the person that you are now that you forget that you ever existed any other way. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do now is remember like the foods that I ate. One of the foods that I ate at this time was a piece of, um, what's it called? Dave's Killer Bread. Hashtag not an ad, but it's Dave's Killer, like organic wheat bread. And I don't really like bread um, of any kind, but I would do that with sunflower butter like almond butter, basically, and then cut up banana and little chia seeds on top. And it made me feel, well, first of all, it it gave me energy because I'm actually like eating sustainable food. And usually the first thing that I eat for the last at least eight months, if I give myself breakfast before 1 p.m., it would be a protein bar. And I, I noticed that it didn't make me feel good. You know, I'm not feeling energized. I'm feeling kind of lethargic. And that's okay. I didn't try to change it immediately. The first step was just to become aware of it. So I did. And then I went, and this morning is the first day I ate that breakfast like I used to with the the almond butter and the banana. And I took chia seeds that I sprinkled on top. Part of the whole process for me was not just what I was eating, but the fact that it was kind of an act of self-love to myself of like, look at what I'm doing for you. 
Like, if your significant other woke up and made you breakfast and it was pretty, like, the aesthetic was pretty and he came and brought it to you in bed, that would give you a whole different experience than if he threw a protein bar at you, right? Like, either way, he's still feeding you, but you can tell the energetic difference, right? That goes for your body as well and for yourself as well. I when I cook for myself, it's not just me, you know, putting the right nutrients into my body and all these things. It's sending a signal to myself of like, you're worth taking this time for, you know, if your kid, if I cook a whole meal for my kid versus driving him through the drive-thru, he doesn't really care either way. And going through the drive-thru doesn't mean he doesn't, I don't love him, you know, or that you don't love yourself because you're eating a protein bar in the morning. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying energetically there's a difference. And, of course, there are times when, you know, you're going to have to go through the drive-thru. You're going to have to grab the breakfast bar. But what I'm saying is to kind of try to sprinkle in some of those moments where you're giving yourself that that love and that attention. So finding a sustainable routine has been a huge part for me. And then also finding that roadmap. You know, we... I, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but how I've just kind of had this general energy of spinning my wheels because I was doing the things. I was checking the things off the list. I'm going for the walk. I'm doing the thing. I'm recording. I'm, you know, doing TikToks and whatever, but like, what is it all for? And that was the kind of existential crisis that I had this week was like, like I said earlier, what am I chasing? And how will I know when I get there if I don't have a place to throw the dart. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like I'm aiming for the board. I need to be aiming for something, but what am I aiming for? How am I going to know when my manifestations come in if I don't have them written down? And I've got the vision boards. I've got all the things, but even my vision boards are kind of general and they started coming true. So it's time to update the map basically, because you know, I've done this before and I know I've recorded podcasts before. I've got a whole life coaching course about it which I need to also be putting out and selling, but I made it and was like, oh God, that felt good and then put it away. But that's another story for another day. So I decided I was going to get specific and I wrote down what's called a mind map. I don't know if you've ever um, done one of these. I had never done one. Someone told me to do one a long time ago and I was like, oh yeah, for sure. And then just didn't because I was like, I don't even know what I'm, you know, again, I ran into this problem of like, what do I write down? I don't even know what I want. So I kept getting that download is like the universe is trying to give you what you want, but how do I know what to give you? You don't even know what you want. So I wrote down the mind map and I don't want to, I, I was going to bring it in here and kind of read it off, but it still feels very personal and like, you know, you shouldn't talk about your manifestations before they start coming true because it kind of loses the energy of it. So a couple of the things that were written on there, the main circle, and you can Google it. I want you to Google it if you're, unless you're like driving or something, but Google what a mind, M-I-N-D map is because I drew the center circle with my name and then under it, I wrote connect and bridge because that is my main focus. Like that is what I want. I just didn't know how. And I mean, you can see that in my podcast, United in Trauma, right? I like connecting people. I like to be the bridge between people. I like to introduce people that I think would work well together, not even matchmaking like dating, which I'm also <laughs> fantastic at. It's the pattern recognition, <laughs> but also 
when I have two people that I know could help each other and have this kind of symbiotic relationship, nothing lights me up like connecting those two people and saying like, hey, you guys have the same energy or maybe the opposite energy that, um, oh God, what's the word that compliments each other? Y'all should, co- y'all should collaborate. Um, I love that. And I love bridging two worlds, like the information from, you know, pulling information from the ether, aka getting these channels, these downloads, and kind of um, rearranging them into a way that makes sense for other people. And so I wrote that on my mind map. And I'm getting comments on TikTok today on my second TikTok, which I haven't even been posting on at all. Someone commented and was like, you know, you do a great job of putting things in bite-sized portions to where we can kind of understand them. And that's my favorite thing. So I was like, yes, it feels great to be seen for that and recognized for that. But also it's confirmation that like, that's what I'm doing. It does help people. And that's what I wanted anyway, right? Was to connect and to help people. So I wrote down, um, you know, I'll say podcast because that's this obviously, right? The last two, oh my God, three years, Jesus Christ, three years that I've been doing this podcast, it's been one of my favorite things and it gets um, like as far as monetarily the least amount of money from any of my ventures. But that's how I knew that I loved it because it didn't matter. Like it doesn't matter if it was making millions or zero dollars, which it did for a long time. Um, I still was coming in and enjoying it and connecting it. And that's what they say, right? Is find the thing that you would do for free. And that's the thing that you love. So I was thinking like, yes, I really do want to push the podcast. Like, and how would I do that? If I was to align my actions with someone, let's say Alex Cooper, she's one of the highest paid, uh, Spotify podcasters out there. One of the highest contracts. And she, what does she do? Like, does she, um, advertise? Does she market? How does she do that? Is she cross fertilizing, so to speak, between her different, uh, social media outlets? And I started doing those things like, okay, well, if someone wants their podcast to take off, because I've done other than like two TikToks, I think talking about this podcast, there has been nothing me handing it out to people and asking people to come on as guests is the only way that I've been able to get my name out there and just recommending it and word of mouth. That's been it. Very grassroots, right? And I can be proud of that because this podcast, even without trying to do all of those things, this podcast is in like 54 fucking countries, right? So I had this huge breakthrough moment that's like, duh, if this is what it, if this is how it has progressed, with you, I don't want to say half-assing because that sounds harsh, but, you know, with you not putting all of your focus on this podcast, imagine if you directed your energy, how successful it could be. And if this is what you want, we'll fire the engines and on all cylinders in the podcast. It feels like I said, the universe is just waiting and they're like, hello, we've got all this energy. What do you want us to do with it? Like, tell me where to put it you know? So that's what this mind map was. And I wrote, um, so you draw out the big, the big circle in the middle is you. And then I put a little line and another circle that said podcast. And then from there, it kind of just think of like spokes on a wheel. It kind of just expands out. Right. And they kind of branch out. So it branched out to guest and host. I want to be a guest and a host on a podcast. So then you can go out even further. Like, who do you want to host? What do you want to 
Like how many times do you want to, whatever you, you go from there. So yours will look different than mine. And then I put like dream guests that I want under guests and it kind of just branches out. And now I did this whole thing. It's got bubbles everywhere and it's sitting above my little altar where I have all of my, um, crystals and things. And I've got it hanging where I can see it every day. And when I walk by, I notice it and I'm like, okay, if I was going to wake up in the morning and start my day by looking at this thing, what are the steps that I can take to get that guest or to get that, um, sponsorship, whatever it is, it kind of just gives you, like I said, a roadmap, but also kind of directions, um, to channel that energy. And then by the way, as soon as I did that with making no changes to the podcast for, let's say I started doing that a couple of weeks ago of like putting out a couple of TikToks that were like, Hey, shameless plug, you should listen to my podcast and doing things like that. Um, putting it in my link tree, making sure that it's like the first thing on my link tree when you pull it up, um, putting myself out there on social media in general, even with the Bravo stuff, I started doing that more because I had a bigger audience. And I was like, this is actually ridiculous that you have 18,000 followers that you're just not even like addressing. That seems weird, right? That you're not even using that um, platform that you have. Weird. And I recognized that it was from fear, fear of being seen, fear of being perceived, fear of being canceled, all of those things were coming up. And I finally just said, you know, sitting here and not doing this is worse than a couple of mean comments. Like the discomfort got stronger for me. Like the discomfort of not moving forward got stronger than the potential discomfort of people not liking me or not liking what I have to say or not caring about what I have to say. So I started getting specific, making those changes. And then once I did, the podcast has this sudden boom out of nowhere nowhere. And the numbers just skyrocket. And I was like, what the hell? But that's what happens when you focus your energy. So I was like, okay, all right, let's, let's keep this up. I did a full, um, it's like a ritual really that I have this app and this is again, a plug. I'm not being paid for this, but this app, it's called Chani, C-H-A-N-I. And if you're into astrology, 1 million percent recommend. I did the free trial and then it's like $11 a month after that. Um, and you can, there's like different prices, but anyway, I digress. But I'm still paying the $11 a month because it tells you how to work with your energy specifically, timing. It gives you little rituals. And Venus, I'm trying to keep it general because I don't want to go too into the astrology and like lose everyone. But Venus just went into Leo, which is my sign. And for just, again, broad stroking it, that means that it's a good time for me to feel like magnetic and to feel love and like sensual. So I did this whole ritual last night where I focused my energy on being okay with that, like being okay with being a person who loves and being okay with a person who is vulnerable. Like I'm I'm closing out all of these old patterns of, you know, lack of self-worth and all of these things, and I know a lot of it has to do with this IFS therapy that I'm doing where I feel compassion for myself and I'm integrating all of these different parts. Like I said, I'm untangling those those things. I'm unblending is what the book calls. I'm unblending all of these parts of myself that got confused and recognizing them as their own individual parts with their own individual needs. And there's a part of me that I've been kind of abandoning 
And it was this part of myself that wants love, that does want love. Like that is not cringe. It is not uh, weak to want love and to want to be close to people. Look, you can tell the ritual is working because even as these words are coming out of my mouth, I'm like, is it? What? Is this really how I feel? But yes, like it's okay. I I think I just became okay with like having needs, <laughs> which sounds crazy, but it it kind of ties in together of that like, if you don't ask for what you want, the universe is just going to give you whatever you think you're worthy of. And I didn't think I was worthy of having these things. And now I do. Now I do think that like, yes, I am talented, even though I don't have it all figured out as far as, you know, public speaking or editing videos. Like I'm not an actress. So every time I would stop myself from putting out one of these videos on TikTok, I'm like, this is so cringe. This is so dumb. No one's going to care about this. I was like, who cares? TikTok is full of dumb shit that I laugh at all the time. Like it's a place for dumb things. So just post it and kind of overcoming that. So it became less about the numbers and how things were performing and more about just like, okay, well you're uncomfortable and you're doing it. So I'm really proud of you and taking those steps because it's like, well, that's what's on the list, right? It's like, I want to get, um, let's say TV spots. If you're going to do that, how are you going to do that? If you're afraid of being seen? How are you going to find love if you're afraid of people uh, complimenting you? Like looking at your actions and these kind of energetic blocks that you have, like where am I blocking the universe from trying to pour into me? And I had a friend who she said something to me one time that really stuck to me. And she said, you are really fighting for your limitations. And that was what I was doing. I was fighting for my limitations. Like I was aggressively trying to stop the universe from giving me these blessings while simultaneously being upset that my manifestations aren't coming in. And I could just see the universe being like, uh, hello, (laughs) like what? we're fucking trying over here, but like, you don't want anything. It's like a customer coming in to eat at my bar, sitting down and saying, I'm really hungry. And I'm like, okay, well, what would you like to eat? And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, well, I'll give you a minute. And I keep coming back and asking them if they're ready and making suggestions. And they're like, oh, no. And they say no. And they don't really know what they want. But then they're yelling at me because they're hungry. And I'm like, bro, what, like, what would you have me do? You know, I feel like that's how the universe feels. It's like, I'm not going to give you something. Like, I'm not just going to bring you food unless you ask for that. Like, but you're not saying to surprise you. You don't like surprises. I don't like surprises, right? So the universe is blocked there and just kind of taking inventory of where I'm, um, I've got these conflicting beliefs or these conflicting actions of like, even if I am posting, if I'm nervous about the videos taking off, then they're not going to. You Do you understand what I'm saying? So that's another thing, getting specific. And then I've been working to integrate those two worlds because I realized I need to embrace that um, one foot in one world and one foot in another kind of energy that I have because I used to think that that was a bad thing. I used to think that that was me being pulled between two worlds and it felt like I was getting ripped in half. Even the two TikToks, the two whatever with the Bravo and the spirituality. And I had these two things kind of tugging at me and it felt like I had to choose one or the other. And that's because I wasn't leaving enough space for that paradox. Meaning I wasn't allowing myself to be a character who was into more than one thing. I swung from Bravo 
into spirituality and I was and I rejected all of that right that was the steps of like bravo oh everything's popping off oh nope spirituality is coming in and telling me that like reality tv is low vibration and that's when all the spiritual bypassing starts coming in and that was a huge part of my journey and I think it's crucial for everyone but again we you know we overcorrect and then we swing back into place so with Bravo, I was like, no, 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 I want to be spiritual. And then I swung in that direction and I loved it and I found bliss. But then it was time for me to kind of come out of that world and straddle the line where I could keep one foot in one arena and one foot in the other. And I just had to be comfortable standing right in that very small center because there are not a lot of people in that area, in that arena where, you know, they combine spirituality and also things like reality, TV, social media, all of that stuff. And it felt like they were conflicting, but it was because I was conflicted, right? Like I felt like I was taking steps back if I started watching reality TV or if I started caring about what was going on in the Bravo verse. Scandal, hello, can we talk about it? Can we talk about it? Even if you don't watch Bravo, I feel like everyone knows about Scandaval. And I'm doing my part to spread the good word. I said the other day that I feel like I'm leading like a cult to Vanderpump Rules. I'm like, have you watched it? And I'm telling all my friends. But I digress. Um, So when I went to the spirituality and was hesitant to go back to reality TV, all these things are coming up of like, you know, you have this large platform. Why aren't you speaking out on it? Um, do you think you're too good for Bravo? Like, do you think that this is not as important as the spiritual stuff? And I was really torn because it felt like that was a part of myself that I was just ignoring and it didn't do me any good to, to swing back and forth. I thought I have to find a way to integrate these two things. So that's what I've been doing is trying to find a way to integrate those two worlds. And I realized this week that I'm not this like, pious Christ consciousness being, you know, like I'm not a guru. I don't want to be, um, not that to say I don't want to be like a role model or to do things that people can look up to, but like, I don't want to be pious, you know, like it doesn't feel natural to me. It feels like when I'm really embracing my full self, And this might be temporary too, but I'm exploring it, right? I'm getting curious. And right now at this time period of my life, it feels like I don't want to just fully throw myself into the realm of spirituality and life coaching. Like I don't want to do those things. I think that there is that small sliver of overlap and that's where I am most comfortable in that very niche, tiny spot and this is something that I've been working through as well is like, what was my niche when I had to find that, you know, getting specific, like what was my niche and my target audience that I was going for? What did I, what arena did I want to be in? And I took into consideration all the things that I went through. And again, another big lesson for me within the past couple of weeks is it didn't happen for no reason. These things did not happen to you for no reason. I didn't go to school with one of the most famous pop stars, sisters, Jamie Lynn Spears, (laughs) for no reason. And it felt like, I'm going to tie all this in together, but it felt like that was just like a funny part of my, my history that didn't seem really relevant until it did because I was thinking about it like, 
I, at a very young age, was exactly like I am now. I would find the patterns. I, I was very interested in behaviors and why people behave that way. And I think a lot of it did have to do with my autism of like masking. I needed to know what mask to put on with who, like who reacts and responds to what, how do they respond? So I studied behaviors a lot and also, you know, psychology is like my hyperfixation. But even at a young age, I was doing this. So I remember when I transferred to Park Lane, which is where Brittany went to school, but she wasn't there while I was there, but her sister was in my grade. So I transferred in 1998 to this school where Jamie Lynn Spears is in my class, which might have been a big deal to some people, but I had no idea who Jamie Lynn Spears or Brittany Spears were when I started at Park Lane. So... <laughs> I remember my, it was like my first day there. I was talking to this girl who was one of my friends. Um, she was one of my first friends at that school. And she was like, don't you think Brittany is just so pretty? And I was like, oh yeah, totally, totally, totally. But I had no idea who it was. So I remember going home and telling my mom I needed to buy her album, Baby One More Time, her album. Because again, this is 1998. This is like the beginning. This is when Baby One More Time is coming out. It's like the height of her career. Um, and... I went home and like studied it because I needed to know, you know, who this person is in order to make it at school. That's what it felt like. And then when I went back to school, I remember like seeing her is like, it's weird because she is a person, but I'm hearing her talk about her sister. And I just remember thinking it was so weird because she's, she's talking about these things, you know, her sister struggles. And I'm like, that's exactly what I go through with my older sister. But her sister is, like I said, one of the most famous pop stars and one of the most famous people in the world in general. So it was so weird because, you know, when they're like stars, they're just like us. But I remember from a young age looking at that and seeing like you see her mom going to, you know, cheer practice to drop her off or whatever. And you see that they really are just this normal family, like trying to live, trying to survive. You see them in the boring day to day. And then these magazines that were coming out, especially at the time, I remember how toxic that whole culture was and still is, but back then they didn't have a platform like Twitter to speak out on or, you know, any of these social media's outlets where they can hop on and be like, hey, I'm not pregnant, obviously. Like that rumor was not true. And that's given, I think, a lot of control, um, just like personal control and autonomy to celebrities. But back in the day, I remember seeing all these crazy articles would come out about Britney and then we would see what's really going on and being like, that's not true. But these other people have no idea that that's not true. Like they're just trusting what they're reading. And I remember just thinking like how terrifying and how dangerous that was. And that was a big part of that wound that kept me from speaking out. That wanted to keep me small to avoid being quote canceled was like, I remember seeing how people would respond to, you know, Jamie losing her shit. She was still really young when this happened. A bunch of paparazzis are around Brittany and she says something like, get the fuck away from my sister or something. She's young. And I remember my mom being like, Jamie said the F word, you know? So it's like, this is like school drama, but also on a national or international level that we're witnessing all this go down and you see how they can just take something and spin it out of control and how sometimes there is no right response. You know, you do the best you can, but it feels kind of dangerous um, because these people had so much, I guess, I don't want to say control, but 
honestly, that is what influence, I guess, that these media outlets or these news outlets had was terrifying. And I think seeing that at a young age helps me to realize how nerve wracking it can be for people to speak out online in general. But also it helps me to see these people on even reality TV. You see them as people and it's so hard for people in general. And I'm I'm sure that this would be me as well. And it still sometimes is. Um, and I'm sure it would have been me if I wouldn't have grown up seeing Brittany so close, like so firsthand, you know, such few degrees of separation. But it's hard for people to relate and feel sorry for celebrities. So when celebrities come out and they're like, we're just people, everyone's like, who fucking cares? You've got money. You're rich. Like, what do you have to complain about? This happens with, you know, the Kardashians all the time. Of Like, anytime they go through a struggle, people are like, yeah, well, you've got money. So imagine what you're going through, but poor. And it's like, yes, obviously, that is more difficult. But people have this weird, I don't know, like, this is the psychology that I want to tap into is like, why people feel like you have this, um, when you're a celebrity, you have this duty to never be sad, to never break down, to show everything, you know, the royal family. I know, um, I can't remember the documentary now, but Megan and Harry, um, when they were talking about it, it's like that these people feel entitled to their lives and it's like, you should be showing us everything. That's kind of how it feels on social media sometimes is like with these people, because we do have firsthand access to them, sometimes we feel like we're entitled to their lives and that they're not entitled to struggles. Like you're in the public eye, you need to be happy and shut the fuck up. But the toxicity and the effect that that has on people that's lasting. And these are families. Like, like I said, we forget that these are actual people, but like when someone who's a real housewife has a breakdown, it's good TV and whatever. And then, you know, they write them off the show and it's like, ah, well, we'll we'll find a new housewife. There's still a path of destruction left behind. Like this is still someone's mother who is now affected. You understand their whole family tree is affected. And we kind of lose that because, like I said, it's TV. It seems, you know, not real, but it is. And so I think that's another part of, you know, that finding my niche and being able to integrate those two worlds. is like I do think that there's a balance where you can have spirituality and healing and all those things in reality TV and in social media But we have to figure out, like, what are the effects of social media on people? Because, I mean, social media is all relatively new. And now you can get on right now, like, what I'm doing right now from my house, I can get on my computer and then broadcast to just thousands and thousands of people. And I feel this sort of responsibility to share And I'm interested to know, like, where does that come from? And there's not a lot of information out there, right? Not just because of how fresh and new content creation is, but just like in general, but also because we don't know the long-term effects of it um, on people. Because especially with things like TikTok, like this short-form content that we're putting out and how quickly and easily we're putting it out. Like everyone has a voice and it feels scary to to speak out on it. So what are the, what are the impacts of that even, you know, of, of being afraid. And I would love to talk to a therapist about this. Um, 
but it just feels like such an unstudied area. And that's what I want to do. And I do feel comfortable in that space. And I do feel like, especially with the amount of people that are coming out and starting, you know, social media uh, pages or speaking out in general, you know, podcasts, things like that. Um, I think that it's important that we figure out how to best deal with it and not just dealing with the cleanup after, but figuring out how we can protect these people who are going into it. Because like I said, it's very easy to think of them as, you know, oh, well, that's a housewife. You know, she signed up for this, but your families don't. And I do have a whole, I have a whole podcast outlined that I want to get. Um, I want to interview a lot of content creators and kind of put everything together about the, the impact that it's had on them mentally and, you know, the mental health content creation overlap. And I've done a whole, I have a whole podcast episode about that too. It was with Giorgio from Giorgio Says, and you should listen to it because God, I remember that being one of my favorite interviews. Um, but yeah, so all of that to say, I think I'm dwindling down and kind of chipping away the things that I don't want to talk about. Or maybe I thought that that's what I was doing. Maybe I thought I was chipping away. And what really what I'm doing is expanding my circle to fit all of these things. So I can talk about spirituality and all the things that I've learned through my healing journey. And also learning to kind of weave in the Bravo and social media aspect of myself. Because I don't want to leave those parts of myself out. And I don't want to feel guilty about the things that I enjoy. Because... Again, this didn't happen for no reason, you know, like these are things that I saw firsthand and they are important to me and it feels like no one's talking about it and that's why it feels more important to me, honestly, because there's that big white space that needs to be filled. So that's something that I'm looking into and researching, but that's just my specific journey. So for you guys at home, I want to encourage everyone, try a mind map. Um, if you're, if you feel like you've been kind of energetically spinning your wheels, like I'm doing the work, but nothing's happening. Ask yourself, are you just driving around without putting a destination in the GPS? Because that's what we need to do first. And if you don't know what location you want to end up in, that's okay too. That is okay. Because like I said, this is a couple of years of me figuring out, you kind of have to figure out what you don't want before you can figure out what you do want. So for a while, it is just wandering around aimlessly. Like that's part of the process. And as soon as I became okay with that and was like, all right, well, I guess I will just keep exploring and being okay with like ruling out what I don't like and keeping what I do like. And then once I started doing that, really doing that and not lying to myself and others (laughs) about what I wanted, I think that is when everything kind of started to come together and the mind map The I wish I could take a picture of it and show you guys. I'll, I'll do it later when it's not, like I said, like when everything's not in the works, but I had a phone call with a friend who I interviewed, um, or well, she interviewed me a while back, uh, for her podcast and she reached out to me and I was like, it's so funny that you're reaching out because she had been on my mind. I had been talking about wanting to connect with, uh, you know, social media collaborators and ask them what the impact on mental health and all that. So I've got like a whole questionnaire I wanted to ask them. But during our conversation, she kept saying these things and she checked off like three of the things that were on my mind map. And I was like, okay, see, this is what happens when you get specific. Things start to come up and you're like, oh my God, literally all I had to do was ask. 
All you have to do is ask. So make a mind map, make a list. I feel like the mind map was the best way for my little neurodivergent brain to kind of see things because making a list, I've done, I've made a list before and I was like, mm, no, this doesn't slap the way I need it to. But this one, this mind map did exactly what I needed it to. It branched off into just like smaller little pieces and I was able to get to the bottom of what I want and becoming okay with asking for what I want. So that has been my week. I know that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. But that's been this week's journey that I've gone through. So if you have a mind map that you want to share or talk about, and especially if you are a content creator and you understand what I'm talking about with like feeling the pressure to post, not knowing what to share when, not knowing how much of your life should be private versus how much you should expose to your listeners. You know, if that's something that you have any experience with, then I highly encourage you reach out to me. You can do it on email, Dahlia Bradshaw at bitchpediapodcast.com. But I'll post a link in you know my link tree in the show notes as always. And you can do it on a TikTok, like make a video, make a voice note. It doesn't matter. Send it to me. However, a picture, um, and just connecting. Cause like I said, that's my, that's my goal is like, I want to connect with people, like-minded people and also non-like-minded people. Um, because I think that's how we grow and learn to see other perspectives too. So I hope you guys enjoy this. I hope y'all have a fantastic week. Again, please feel free to reach out if you have any questions or comments or ideas for me. I would love to hear from you guys. So thank you so, so much for listening and y'all have a great week. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.